Yo, yo, yo. What's good, Addicts Gang, and welcome to the Kenny Pickett Show. I'm kidding. We're here talking about NFL fantasy football dynasty by players for a rebuilding team, an upcoming team, a team that is um, not trying to win this year, just uh, trying to build a nice roster with some youth and some great players to eventually win a, a dynasty fantasy football title, hence the Kenny Pickett. Um, I'm here with Frank, as always. Frank, we're back again another week, another Dynasty pod. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well, Andrew. It's always good to be on here chatting on a Tuesday night. Nothing else in the world I'd rather be doing than talking Dynasty fantasy football with you. Um, not so much the person seated next to you. Joel, how you going? What's the Kenny Pickett joke? I just love Kenny Pickett, that's all. Yeah, he's a Kenny Pickett guy. Oh. <laughs> Can we get him off the show? I don't want to be associated with this. Um, yeah, yeah, just um, go past Frank calling it Tuesday. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh God, it's Monday. You have four more working a, days, buddy. You have a bad case. Of oh, Monday. that's terrible. <laughs> uh, How'd your bombers go on Saturday night, Frank? Oh, you know how they went. They're so bad. It was so upsetting. It's made us look silly too. Don't say us. I'm all about those giants. <laughs> That's good, Joel. You enjoy that. From the west of the town. Um, all right. Uh should I kick it off or are you two done talking about the bombers? No, I'm done to trust me, I'm done talking about them. Okay, uh if you like what you're hearing from the podcast so far, make sure you're following us on the Twitters or at the FB Addicts and on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Um we'll get posting more NFL dynasty content soon but uh as always i'll plug the super coach pod that me joel and witty have been doing uh if you like super coach also follow the socials and um yeah give that podcast a listen uh, make sure you're following us on spotify give us a five-star review all the good things um frank i'm gonna go to you big news has come out of the nfl today um, I talked to you about it in the group chat this morning and you were very angry with me. Um, but I did put out a tweet once again at the FB Addicts that DeAndre Hopkins has signed with the Tennessee Titans. Tell the listeners how you feel about the signing, moving forward in Dynasty, redraft, all the good things. Um, yeah, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, I, the reason why I was very angry in the chat, I wouldn't say very angry, Andrew, you're a bit of a sensitive soul. Um, what I disagreed with you was that you said that um, DeAndre Hopkins is like wide receiver 28 to 30 um, in your read. Like, and you, you worded that, correct me if I'm wrong, you worded that as like a redraft fantasy finish this year. Um, I think that's a load of rubbish. I think he falls somewhere between the 15 to 20. Um, I reiterated in the chat as well that I thought if he had gone to somewhere like Buffalo or Kansas City when he had would have had the likes of a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, I think he could have finished somewhere between 5 to 15. Obviously, now that he's at the Tennessee Titans, he's um, going to be sharing the wide receiver room with second-year player Traylon Burks, who obviously DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be the alpha there. He's definitely um, ahead of Traylon Burks on the depth chart, um, should receive more targets than him. Quarterback being Ryan Tannehill does cap his ceiling, hence why I've sort of brought him back to that 15 to 20 wide receiver mark this season. But to say he's going to finish as a wide receiver three, um, I think it's a little, just a little bit extreme. I actually find it a lot extreme, Andrew. Um, he's much better than that. He was good last season in the times that he played, um, and there's been nothing to suggest that he's not going to continue to be good. You can say that, oh, he's getting older, wide receiver, 31 years old, they go die. But he was pretty much a wide receiver one the games that he played last season. Why why has that changed? I don't think like he didn't have he had games where Kyler Murray was injured and he was still good. So I don't know. I think you're being uh, over exaggerating the demise of DeAndre Hopkins just that little bit. Um, I'm interested to think see what you think, Joel. You seem to have seem to think you had like ten wide receivers better than DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm not sure what land you're living in. Yeah, the land uh, yeah, of the yeah. living and breathing, and not in the land of two thousand and nineteen. Sorry, I think that you know 
I'd rather have DJ Moore than DeAndre Hopkins in Dynasty. Shoot me. Oh, in Dynasty, yes, but you can't say that he's gonna like he's gonna finish with as the wide receiver thirty like Andrew's saying. All I said was I have ten wide receivers better than DeAndre Hopkins, which is true. Like he averaged thirteen fantasy points a game last season. That's still good. That still puts you at like wide receiver like fourteen or fifteen. Now he's saying he's wide receiver thirty. Thank you. What's that? With Kyler Murray at quarterback. Cool, because Kyler Murray's been the most accurate and efficient passer in his career. He's a lot better than Ryan Tannehill. AJ Brown was good with Ryan Tannehill. Now, don't jump down my throat. I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins is going to be what AJ Brown was. Just saying he can support wide receivers. You know who who this is, Frank? Oh, you're going to say it's Julio Jones, and it's not. It's not the same thing. How is it different? Because Julio Jones was already washed. DeAndre Hopkins is kind of washed. Julio Jones had missed like six games in the previous like three seasons, like every time. So has DeAndre Hopkins. No, he hasn't. Well, he missed six games at the start of 2022. Yeah, because he was suspended. Yeah, because he was on drugs, and that's the only reason he was, you know, playing games. And he missed the last five games of 2021. Yeah, but prior to that, he was fine, and then he was fine this year. Well, so was Melvin Gordon in 2020. And he's terrible, and (laughs) Zeke, and everyone else who's washed and over the hill at the age of 31. No. I still believe in DeAndre Hopkins. I'll take that to the grave. He's still going to be good this season. I'm not saying he's going to give you, you know, top 10 wide receiver numbers. He's going to be rock solid. Traylon Burks, obviously a downgrade to him this season. Um, But I think in the long run, obviously having DeAndre Hopkins there to mentor him may not be a bad thing in the end. But um, yeah, next couple of years, definitely going to be um, a ceiling put on him. Uh, you got to knock down Chig Okonkwo just a little bit. I know a lot of people are excited about his um, chances to be a, uh, top 12 tight end this season. Um, Derrick Henry still going to be Derrick Henry. But I think this is more than just the Titans signing DeAndre Hopkins to try and win this season. I think this is the Tennessee Titans saying, we're going to try um, and compete with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. And a lot of that old core from, you know, the, the Mike Ray, Ray... What's his name? Mike Rabel? Yeah, you got it. You just I, bu- I, butchered, it. I butchered the pronunciation. Sorry, it was the pronunciation. Um, his regime that, you know, consistently wins 10 games and wins the division or, you know, when they were the one seed that time, um, you know, run the ball, um, you know, control possession, play good defense. Um, I think that they're, at least the general manager is seeing the other side of that regime, not saying that the coach is going to be going anywhere, but with the addition of Tajay Spears, with the addition of Will Levis, they're almost trying to um, create that next... Um, group of guys to come through the, the Titans uh, offense. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is kind of that transition piece where if they don't win enough games early in the season, they're going to turn to Will Levis, I think. Um, and then they want Will Levis to have legitimate weapons. So he's not going to struggle. He's not going to be Zach Wilson that didn't have any weapons to throw to as a rookie. Um, he's not going to be, you know, Daniel Jones, who's only just now started to produce because he has had a lack of weapons. They want him to be in a position where he can perform straight away because he does have good players around him because their defense is going to continue to be good. The offensive line and the running game will still be good, I think, even post-Derrick Henry. Um, so that's just something that I think that they're they're doing behind the scenes, at least, sort of prepping that next, um, I don't want to say generation, but next sort of crop of guys coming through in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean... I agree with everything you said outside of the DeAndre Hopkins takes. Um, yeah, I think Tennessee obviously trying to win. Um, you know, not sure how good it is to go get a thirty-one-year-old receiver, but obviously they needed weapons badly. Um, I think the big thing that you're not um alluding to, Frank, is that you know Ryan Tannehill isn't a very uh isn't isn't a great quarterback, and you've also got Burks there. I think could eat up a lot of the volume in a very run heavy offense. Um, but 
what you can see, Frank, from the DeAndre Hopkins game logs is that he was very good when Kyler Murray was playing and then not so good when Kyler Murray wasn't playing. And I think you'll get a lot more of those non-Kyler Murray games at Tennessee. Obviously, you're older, doesn't help. Um, but yeah, one of us will be right, one of us will be wrong. Um, yeah, I've got nothing more to add on the DeAndre Can Hop- we get a pet? Can we get a bet going? Yeah, what do you want to bet? Do we what? Uh, do we want points per game, or do we want like wide receiver finish? I'm not fast to be honest. You you had him at wide receiver thirty. How about he finishes better than wide receiver thirty? Well, why would I do nine and a half? You can have thirty. No, but why would I do that when you think he's going to be wide receiver twenty? Well, you're the one who thinks he's going to be wide receiver thirty. Meet me in the middle, Frank. You coward. Yeah, wide receiver twenty-five. Yeah. All right, I'll do that. All right, let's go. Okay, give me wide receiver twenty-five. Oh, wide receiver twenty-five. And what's what's the out if he gets injured? What's the out here? Is there no out? Is that part of it? If that's part of it, I want wide receiver thirty. Well, then why are you endorsing him to the listeners? No, because he's the man. No, I'm wide receiver twenty-five. That's it. All right, sounds good. Um. It'll go on the betting board for 2023 slash four. Um, yeah, obviously we're going to be talking about um, buying players for um, what's the term for it? Is it progressive struggle teams or something? But um, where... Productive struggle is what the sharps are calling it. Yes, thanks, Frank. Um, it's what the nerds call it, Frank. <laughs> it's called tanking. Yeah, it's a nice way to call it tanking. Um, yeah. Traylon Burks was someone I thought about doing before the news. Um, where do you see him now, Frank? Is he someone that you would go after? Because he's still young. He still uh, was primed to take that next step. Uh, or Joel, anyone, any Traylon Burks love? Because you'll get a discount. Uh, would you still go out there and get him? Or um, you're leaving that alone just before we get into our actual players? I, you know, you guys know I like Traylon Burks. I'll let Joel in a, in a moment say what he thinks. I'm sure he doesn't like him. He doesn't like any of my players. Um, but I think I think he's a good buy, at least now, because previous to this signing, you would have been had to have paid at least a first-round pick um, to get Traylon Burks, not something a lot of teams would do anyway. Um, but no one was giving him away for a second. I think if you can sort of present a, a second-round pick and say, oh, look, it's probably going to be a high second-round pick, I'll throw in like do give him like another throw in piece, another like I don't know who does who do people like that's not actually good. Like there's lots of those guys around. Um, throw someone in, you know, throw like a get like a second round pick and Isaiah Pacheco, he's like a seventh round running back. Throw them together and go get Traylon Burks and just hold on to him for a couple of years. Do the productive struggle, um, where you know he might finish as the wide receiver thirty this year because he doesn't get enough volume in a run heavy offense, but you actually watch him and he's a really good player so that when DeAndre Hopkins does move on or Will Levis does come in and he could be something, um, then you've got a really, really good piece there. Joel, any Traylon Burks advice for the listeners? Um, Traylon Burks is fine, I guess. Um, what, what, where do you, like, where do you envision Traylon Burks finishes, Frank, in, you know, Amongst wide receivers, this uh, this season he's probably somewhere around. Given now that DeAndre Hopkins is there, and I I am of the belief that DeAndre Hopkins is the clear alpha between the two. Um, I think you'll see a much higher target percentage, but I think they go. He goes from like someone who I thought could finish as like the wide receiver fifteen to he's back to wide receiver twenty five to thirty. He's he's a wide receiver three, he as opposed to a wide receiver two. He should wide receiver fifteen. I think that was within the within the realm of possibilities. Whether he get there or not is another thing. But when I say wide receiver fifteen, it's really the same as wide receiver fifteen through twenty four. They're like the same thing. This is what I was saying about T. Higgins in the chat, Andrew. It's the same. Jahan Dotson is the same as Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy is the same as Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is the same as T. Higgins. It's the same player. I mean, if Traylon Burks had had a good year and he put up the same amount of points as what Brandon Ayuk or Jerry Judy did last year, he's the same guy. It's a flat tier. I think it's real harsh on T Higgins to clump him in this group, but um, maybe I'm just high on T Higgins. I don't know. But um, yeah, Joel, you were saying Traylon Burks, or do you want to move on? We've had enough talk about the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, 
I'm not in on Traylon Burks. I don't think he's that good. He's been predominantly underwhelming since entering the league. Yeah. Since the combine, people are like, oh, he's going to run like 4-3 something. So it's like, yeah, 4-5. Oh, he's, you know, in training camp. He's going to be the alpha. Oh, no, he's fat and has asthma. Oh, year two. Now he's going to be the alpha. Oh, we get DeAndre Hopkins. Like, what good has Traylon Burks done for anyone? I don't know. I'm sure his mum likes him. The Eagles like him because they got AJ Brown for him. But, like, you know, besides the Eagles and his mum, it's not been very fun. Yeah, that's that's the big kicker, though. Like, if you're the Titans, why did you not just pay AJ Brown? Because you could get Traylon Burks. Exactly. exactly. Man. How good's Howie? <laughs> All right. Let's get stuck into these buys, Andrew. I'm keen to, to know who you've uh, you've gone with here. All right. I'll go first. Mine is Jahan Dotson. Joel had some real harsh words before recording, um, but I'll outline yeah, my case. He won't say it on air. He's a coward. <laughs> um. ADP at wide receiver 33, I just think it's ridiculously low. Um, You know, he's got all the things that you want in a rebuilding team. Young, wide receiver, has draft capital, Joel. Where did Washington take him? Very high. I think it was 12 overall. Very high. Um, Was it 12 overall? I think it was like 16 or something, but still very high. Um, Produced in year one with the draft capital. Clear path to targets. Now, the argument you could suggest, Joel, is his quarterback play is horrible, but he produced last year with Carson Wentz. Can it get worse than Carson Wentz? If Sam Howell's bad, which I don't think he's that bad, it'll be Jacoby Brissett, who, you know, was really good with the Murray Cooper last year. Um, Yeah, I just think he's good. He loves touchdowns. He's a big play guy. Just every time you watch him, he's good. Good at the game, good at scoring. Um, a really cheap young wide receiver that's kind of um been forgotten about, I think. I think wide receiver thirty three way too low. I think I like him more than, you know, the the maybe um picks with like Zay Flowers, Zach Charbonnet, you can flip them for him. I'd take him over Calvin Ridley, Jamo, George Pickens, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, all these guys that he's um going around, I would give a first up for him straight away just because I know he will produce when he's on the field. Um, and if you want to go the other way and get rid of a running back to get younger and get uh, more solid at the wide receiver position, you know, flipping Aaron Jones, a Cam Akers, a DeAndre Swift, one of them for Jahan Dotson, I think is a real savvy move. Um, Frank, I'll let you agree with me first because I think you like Jahan Dotson as a buy and then we'll Joel can play the rebuttal argument. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, Andrew. When you say selling a first-round pick, look, if you're a true rebuilding team and you've done the right things and you've gotten those aging assets off of your team, um, something we've preached the entire offseason, um, you've acquired you know, multiple first-round picks in 2024, 25, and even 26. If you're, if you're looking at those three years and you've got something like eight or nine or ten draft first-round draft picks in that time period, why not spend one of them and go get a guy that's 23 years old has produced with poor quarterback play, who now gets Sam Howe, who may be good and may be awful, but he probably isn't going to be worse than Carson Wentz was last season. So he basically in the games that um, Jahan Dotson played, he was a rock-solid wide receiver too. Um, obviously has upside if they ever figure out the quarterback position um, in Washington. But someone who you know for a fact, he's good. Like I think we've seen enough of it on the field already. Um, and you're not having to take, you know, the Sky Moors of the draft or the Kadarius Tonys of years past um, in your rookie draft. So you can just go and grab a guy for the same price um, and, you know, put him into your lineup for the next five years. I think that's a really savvy move, Andrew. Um, and to reiterate around the running back, trading a running back for him, great idea as well. Might be a competing team that really isn't interested in having the wide receiver 20 this year, a wide receiver 25. Um, they'd rather go and get a running back that has upside. You know, maybe they can make as a shot to be a top 12 running back who, in their own right, uh, has probably more of a chance of making an impact on a championship team. Um, you know, that's that's probably a deal that they, you know, think long and hard about. So, great idea, Andrew. Um, Joel, bring on your poor takes. 
Um, coming from like okay, like we're talking rebuilding teams. Yeah, these teams aren't good. I don't think buying hope is the a good way to go about buying assets for a rebuilding team. I just I'm going I've been going through our home league and everything like I was a rebuilding team for the first um two seasons we've done it. And I've looked back on every single trade I did in that time. Um there was eighteen in total. Did it make you smile? Some of them did, but the <laughs> ones that didn't make me smile was when Armin Ra St. Brown. Was when I was trading for players. Every single time I traded for a player, and it wasn't a trade involving Dylan Lawrence, who also an advice for listeners is, you know, find your league dummy and trade with him. Every single time I traded <laughs> for a player in our league, I and it wasn't a trade involving Dylan Lawrence, I kind of not happy with the outcome. Yeah, but pretend yeah, you, but you uh, traded away Armin Rasain Brown for Michael Gallup. I'd be sad too. Pretend. Yeah, and I also traded for Kenny Golladay for Burjo. Um, well, that, well, there you go. I, you know, just it's not the same thing. It <laughs> is the same thing. Like, you know, you're just buying the hope for these players to like turn it around and oh, they'll be better next year. Oh, they'll be good. Players don't yeah. really get any better over time. Like, they kind of like peak straight away, and then it's just a gradual decline as they get older. There's going to be you know, four wide receivers in this class that, boom, jump straight in front of Jahan Dotson. There's going to be, like, another six wide receivers next year that get drafted very high, and, boom, there's going to be six more wide receivers in front of Jahan Dotson. I, it's not even like a Jahan Dotson jab. It's just a if you're a rebuilding team, I want to be buying nothing but draft picks. And, like, if I'm going to buy a player, it's going to be a player who's severely discounted because of... Injury, suspension, some kind of off-field or even like on-field, they're just in a real bad form slump where they're just severely discounted from where they should be. Um, yeah, but but now you've got guys like your example, you've got DJ Moore, you've got Calvin Ridley, and like they're good and you're happy you've got them, but they don't really like making a difference to your team. Like I'm saying, like avoid having to take all of your draft picks. You can try and land the Garrett Wilsons, the you know the Drake Londons, the Chris Olaves, just to name the like recent guys. Um, you know, I do. You know, of years past, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. You can still go out and draft those guys. I'm just saying, maybe if one's going to be late and it's the one ten, the likes of those guys are already going to be gone off the board by the time it happens. Why not get a Jahan Dotson as opposed to? Drafting a Kendra Miller. Like, because that's what the pick was looking like this season, a Zach Charbonnet. Well, just, like, I'd much rather have the Jahan Dotson than those guys. I'd rather trade the 23 first, which it was, and move back to a 24 first or use the pick to, you know, trade up in the draft or trade down in the draft and get more picks. I'm just, just buying players for a rebuilding team just doesn't inspire me at all. Well, it's got to be done. I agree it's got to be done with caution. Like so a lot of caution. Johan Dodson gets injured and you lose not only, you know, value on a team that already may not be as valuable as other teams because it is rebuilding or, a you know, a bottom half team. And like, you know, say, okay, good, Johan Dodson hits. It impacts the draft position that you would be picking at anyway for a rebuilding team that's trying not to win. Like the difference between Jahan Dotson being, you know, a hit could mean you win a game and drop from the 101 to the 102. That's huge. Yeah, but at what point at what point do you never get a good team if you're always concerned about whether your players are going to hit or not? Well, Frank, and I'm... you're up. You you lost about one, like, and you're concerned about one game. At what point do you just your rebuild just becomes a five year rebuild instead of a two year rebuild? Like, I I personally wouldn't like to go through anything more than a two year rebuild. Like, you have two down years. You sh- you would want to be back competing. I'm yeah. not someone who wants to be like Burjo or Dylan, and they're going to be irrelevant for the next four years. I kind of like what Burjo's done. Like he's 
traded nothing but picks, got all the picks, and he will be good in three years with all these picks. Like, it's going to be... Yeah, that's five years. Bad. He was awful last year, awful this year. He'll then have, like, a crop of, like, four good rookies. He's still got eight players to fill out his lineup. He'll be sucked for another two years after that. And then the rookie he's already taken this past season is already 26 years old, 27 years old. Well, what's Jahan Dotson doing for a rebuilding team? You shouldn't rebuild for four years. It should be two years. Jahan Dotson's 24, 25 years old. You're ready to compete. He's hit his prime. By some miracle, Washington commanders, commanders, yes, they are. Almost called them the football team. The commanders have got a quarterback or Sam Howell's the answer. Is this a hate on... Old Cop trading like a play... Like Old Cop, if you want to trade like a... DeAndre Hopkins for Jahan Dotson, like that's fine. There's no chance. No one's doing that. Any hero for? There's no way I'm giving up any pick for Jahan Dotson. Yeah, well, how how'd you go drafting uh, Sky Moore last year, buddy? Yeah, but that's fine. I'm happy to like take the miss on Sky Moore. I already, you know, traded him and used him in a package to get up to someone else that's a lot better than. You know, someone, who did I end up getting? I think I got Chris Olave in that trade. Obviously, I had to give up a lot more, but, you know, it's just like there's no way I'm giving up a first-round pick for Jahan Dotson if I'm not going to win the league. But if you had have drafted Jahan Dotson, yeah. you're fine with it. Jahan Dotson's fine. He's, you know, what, wide receiver? He's a first-round wide receiver. I mean, I'm so he's not... happy to ma- he's happy to maybe get Jahan Dotson in the twenty twenty four draft, but he won't guarantee getting Jahan Dotson with the pick. That's what I'm hearing. You can do a lot more with the liquidity of the pick than just being stuck with Jahan Dotson, especially if no, the pick has a one next to it. Like, oh, everyone goes, oh, that's a first. That could be anything. I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you send the one hundred three. Yeah, I'm just saying any pick that's got like a one next to it, Frank, is like excites people. It depends a lot on your more league. exciting than getting Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I mean, I'm not presenting Jahan Dotson to go out there and win you leagues, but, you know, this could be like a poor man's version of Amonra. Like, Amonra wasn't, you know, anything. You could have got him really cheap, and then he turned out to be awesome. This is like kind of trying to identify someone like that that can help you, but obviously a first-round pick is potentially better like you, you never know but let's hear your buy now player joel i'm gonna just put my buy now players in like a bucket of the only people in dynasty if i'm a rebuilding team i am you know actively pursuing and getting rid of my assets for uh players who are injured or suspended and can't put up points on the field for a particular period of time for an off-field reason or an injury reason or something along those lines. Um, a Jameson Williams, a Kyler Murray, um, you know, to use like past examples, like a Deshaun Watson, a Calvin Ridley, um, any of those players who are just an instant, you know, zero to your lineup instantly, but are guaranteed to get healthy, get back, onto the field and playing again and boom, as soon as they hit the field, they instantly gain value, put points straight on your team. Um, and you move forward from there. Um the only thing I'll say Javante is Javante Williams could be another one. I think Frank's gonna bring his name up soon. But yeah, that kind yeah, of snake that with an injury attached to him is the exact kind of asset I'm looking to buy. But how do they not have risk as well as Johan Dotson? Well yeah, so Jameson Williams, who you're going to have to pay a similar price for because everyone loves Jameson Williams, has done nothing and is suspended. Or you have wide receiver who has shown something and is clearly good. Yeah, but Jahan, the name just doesn't have sex appeal, Frank. Jameson Williams, there's people loving him. He's fast. Why? Because no one likes He's just two shades darker and a little bit faster. That's it. I'm not... You know, I'm just the reason that Jameson Williams is in this like price range is because he's injured. 
No, I agree. I, J-Mo is a great buy. Kyler Murray, fantastic buy. Like the names you said is fine. I just, I'm just trying to stick up for my boy Jahan. I think you've done him dirty. But, Jahan Dotson, same price range. Yeah, but I don't know. What if Jahan Dotson comes out this year and struggles? Oh, you, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, the same. You still, you still screwed if Jamo struggles. Jamo didn't do anything last year. He's caught one pass the whole year. Sucked when he was on the field. And people... that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I've got <laughs> Jahan Dotson is a Sky Moore season away, or an Elijah Moore season away from being completely irrelevant. But I believe in him. I don't think that is. In any of the outcomes, um, I don't. I think he more than likely will be good too. I'm just saying the risk reward for a rebuilding team to go out and trade for Jahan Dotson isn't worth the risk or reward at the present stage, especially if you have to give up any sort of draft capital or future investment to go and get him. If you want to go trade an older player for Jahan Dotson, absolutely go for your life. Get rid of your aging assets and get younger. But there's no chance of getting rid of any draft picks for him. So your premise of this is just attack draft picks or players that can't inflate your team so you get a better draft pick in the future. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. All right. Frank, let's hear it. Well, Joel stole my thunder a little bit with his mention of my guy, Javante Williams. Um Reiterating what Joel did say regarding Javante Williams is coming back from an injury. Um, you know, may have a slower start to the season. He's not going to put up as many points um, as you might expect from, you know, number one running back. But I think that Javante Williams is someone that's going to grow into his role as the season progresses. And then obviously coming into next year, he's going to be that year removed from the ACL injury. The, you know, the elusive year removed that seems to be uh, everyone's go-to when it comes to um, being fully healed up from an ACL injury. Um, but I want to sort of backtrack a little bit to 2021, where he split the backfield with Melvin Gordon um, for the Denver Broncos, finished as the running back 17. So the fact that he was still able to finish as a running back 17, and it was a genuine split. And, you know, to be honest, he probably played, he played less than 50% of the snaps more often than he played more than 50% of the snaps. Now, I know the Broncos have gone out and they've signed Samaj P. Ryan, who was a nice piece. I actually personally like the signing as a Broncos fan. I think Samaj is, you know, a good pass catcher, good blocker on third down. But he's not the kind of talent that is going to supplant Javante Williams. He's not even someone that really should be challenging to even be like a 1A, 1B. It's going to be, once Javante Williams is ready to go, he's going to be the guy um, in Denver. But... Javante Williams, someone you can get cheaply because he does have the injury risk and the injury injury history. Um, but he's someone that as you go progress into the end of the year, he's going to be producing really well. And he's someone that once you basically turn your rebuilding team into a competing team, he's someone that's going to slide straight into your lineup, give you two or three good years when your team is competing. So I think if you've done the right thing and you've gotten the right young pieces onto your team, you've got your timeline correct, you've got your draft picks, he's someone that you can add to your lineup now while the price isn't as high. Because if it gets to the end of this year and he's given you 20 fantasy points per game over the fantasy playoffs, his price point next year when he's only 24 years old going into year four, He's going to be incredibly, incredibly expensive. You're going to be paying upwards of a, over a first-round pick to get a hold of Javante Williams. I think now you can send a second-round pick plus another smaller piece to get a hold of him because at this point in time in the offseason, everyone hates running backs. No one wants to hold them. No one wants to have them. They only want, if they're a competing team, they want Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, um, Nick Chubb. That like the only running backs people actually want right now. Um, so go get yourself some Javante Williams and then, you know, try winning your league next year. I don't like to, you know, rebuild for four years. I want to, you know, two down years, bang, I'm back. I picked the right players. I got Javante Williams onto my team um, and I'm excited for where my team's heading next year. Yeah, I mean, I I do like, the only thing that scares me, Frank, is buying a running back, which you mentioned, but um, obviously he does possess the upside. I will push back on the 20 points per game. I'm not sure about that to end the year, um, but and that it'll be worth a first round pick. 
no running back is going to be worth a first round pick unless it's like the running back three overall. And I don't think he's, I'll go down to running back six or seven is worth a first round pick. I wouldn't give up. I'm not sure I'd give up a first round pick for like RB eight or RB seven, Josh Jacobs or ETN. So like, no, ETN's probably one that you should say is worth a first round pick. So like, Travis Etienne is going to be the same age, obviously had an extra year, uh, an extra less year in the NFL and does have that fifth year option as a first round pick. But he's someone that's probably, give, when given the chance, Javante Williams is probably going to outscore Travis Etienne and has when he has been given the full workload in Denver from his rookie year. Now, arguably, Etienne won't, won't score as much as Javante Williams once he gets the full work. So... That's why I'm not adverse to paying half the price you got to pay for someone like a Travis Etienne. Um, you know, previous to that, Kenneth Walker, but there are a few other running backs in that realm. Jonathan Taylor, I think the price point for him is a significant amount higher than these guys. But Javante Williams is someone who can put up 20 points per game. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. If he can get healthy, he can get the backfield to himself, which I think given the moves Denver had made, they had every opportunity to go and draft someone in the second, third, fourth round, even fifth round of the NFL draft. And they proceeded not to do it. They had faith that Javante Williams is going to be back, can be the guy, can handle the workload. Um, He's someone I really like. He's like a longer-term play. So I don't think they're going to rush him. I think they have plans for Javante. Um, I think the Denver Broncos have plans to, you know, have a a long season. They're They're not a team that's built for a rebuild. They're a team that they want to be, you know, winning games. They want Russell. Wilson to be, you know, the elite quarterback he was brought in to be. Um, and I think Javante Williams is going to be a big part of this offense um, come the end of the year. And he's someone that if you then head into next year after he's put in a massive performance to end the season this year, the price point's going to be too high. You're not going to want to give up a first round plus for this for this kind of running back at once he reaches, you know, 24, 25 years old. It's like, just like people don't want to go out and buy Ramondre Stevenson right now. People don't want to go out and buy a Jonathan Taylor. They don't want to go out and buy a Nick Chubb or anything like that. So do it now while the price is half of what it might be. Yeah, that, that what you said there, that whole premise is really good. Um, I just, I think it would be uh, best if you're like kind of the lights at the end of the tunnel of the rebuild, like you can really see things aligning and, you know, Javante is just that, that last young piece that, you know, you might need with some draft capital um, next year. Um so yeah, I do I do like it, Frank. If you are, you know, a Denver Broncos hardo and you really believe in, you know, the whole team turning it around, Russ Wilson's back. He's Jim- back. Boy do I believe. Javante's ready to be heard again. Yeah, then then uh go balls deep with it, go all in. Um because as you said, Frank, if it does hit, you know, Javante was really well loved in the community. Um, you know, people loved him more than JT. Uh, if you talk to some people. So, um, yeah, I, I don't hate it. Personally, not my strategy, but he would be, you know, on a short list of running backs that potentially um, appeal to me. Joel, any last Javante Williams comments? Yeah, um, a couple of points. The Again, I, you know, I did bring up Javante's name. I'm not a Javante Williams hater or anything like that. Um, I think he's good. Yeah, yeah, I think he's good. Good too. Um, I just I think you're kind of like no, you're not praying, but you would be really satisfied if that whole Javante injury turned out to be the exact same as the J.K. Dobbins one. Like I think mm-hmm. that's the exact same scenario you hope you get, and if you don't get it, you could be in a little bit of trouble. Like. Baltimore had some picks, didn't use a running back. Um, none of the running backs of Baltimore's roster while J.K. Dobbins was gone did anything to, you know, suggest that they would take touches off a healthy J.K. Dobbins. Um, and I think Denver have, you know, sort of done that. I mean, they brought in Samaj P. Ryan, who, you know, isn't any world beater by any imagination. So you would feel like a healthy Javante Williams would, you know, get back. P. Ryan will be older um, and won't impact the situation. You just have to hope that Denver, A, don't take a running back in next year's draft class. That would be not ideal. 
Um, and you... Sorry, Joel. I do want to know, they're not really in a, in a position to draft a running back. Like they've given up the first round picks and the second round picks for, for Russell Wilson. And then they also gave up second, first and second round pick for Sean Payton, the coach. So like, out of the word, and they're not going to go out and then spend a third round pick on a running back on their first pick of the draft. Just, just sorry, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that's exactly. how I, that's how I'm viewing it. You never know what NFL franchises can do, but that's just how I'm seeing it. They're pretty dumb. Yeah, how's that feel being a Denver fan, Frank? You happy with that? I'll feel good when they win the Super Bowl, Andrew. I don't know. Just I don't trust NFL teams to do smart things. Like you know, how weird was it when Seattle took? Kenneth Walker in the second round and then Zach that Charbonne. was weird and then they oh. decided they'd back it up and do it again like I don't know I get it's, it's like surely there was a defensive guy like just pick a defensive player an offensive lineman that's high up your board there has to be at least one even like the Travis Etienne's a good player but even that pick was like oh really Jameer or just Gibbs that the Jameer Gibbs pick oh. was funky just, I don't know I just don't like that whole sweating the running back not to be picked um you know it's 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 not a comfortable spot to be in and i feel like you could get in this spot um and like yeah you you have to you know if you buy javonte williams now you're hoping that doesn't come um and the other point i want to harp on i like not harp on about but touch on is that like andrew did mention it you really have to be you know timing your run here i think javonte williams is a 2024 play um and I don't, I don't know if you can trust him before the twenty twenty four in this upcoming twenty twenty three season. I don't want to be relying on Javante, and I don't necessarily really want to be trusting him post the twenty twenty four season, um, as well. Like that's you know you're getting up in, you know, in running back years. Yeah, but it sounds gross because he won't be that old. But, you know, you're getting on to his second contract. And that's not where I really want to be, you know, getting involved in my running backs. Yeah, but that's the thing. I'm What I'm saying is you, you buy him now, you might get a few starts out of him this year and you're happy with that, you know, depending on where your team is. If you're trying, if you maybe, you know, you, you end up sneaking into playoffs and he gives you a couple of good, you know, good performances and you never know what can happen. Um, but then obviously you have him geared up, ready to go for next season. You get, you know, the last year of his, you know, rookie deal um, next season. And then you hope that you get, he gets a deal in Denver or gets a deal somewhere else where he can still be the lead guy. And you get another good productive year out of him. These running backs, realistically, you're only, unless they're the elite, elite guys, you're not looking at, we're not looking at players that are going to give you six years of solid production anymore. I don't think that's realistic for the running back position. Um, in this new NFL landscape. So if you can get two productive years out of him and you've owned, you've paid less than a first round pick or you've paid a second round pick and, you know, like I'm trying to think of like a, a lesser name running back. Like I used Isaiah Pacheco earlier, but like a second round pick and Isaiah Pacheco, like I why not shoot for the upside? Because the hit rates on a second round pick, especially if you're in a 12 team league, really small. Yeah, agreed. Um, just uh, quickly, some people on my, Short list before we wrap up where uh, I was obviously weighing up between Kyla Murray. Uh, we mentioned him. Uh, Drake London was one. Hollywood Brown was another. Uh, and, and then a couple of quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Joel Frank, did you have any other, you know, we're obviously looking at draft picks as optimal. But, you know, any youth players um, that rebuilding teams could look to build a young um team that looks to contend in the near future. Frank, who was on your short list? Um, we spoke about him before we got on air. Um, again, another one of those players like Javante Williams, where if you're on the cusp of competing um, and is someone that, you know, their price point could be significantly higher this time next season. For me, that's someone is to a tag of lower. If he finishes, you know, in a points per game basis, he was a top, I think he believe he was top eight, top six quarterback last year in points per game. Um, obviously the concussions are an issue. Um, but I think that's why you can get him at a price point where you could give up. We spoke about those late first. If you're a rebuilding team that's done it correctly, you have a lot of expendable assets. You've gathered a lot of first round picks. You obviously keep the ones that are close to the top, Joel. You don't want to give away the Garrett Wilsons and the Chris Alaves. But, you know, 
use that 110 or 111 where you would have taken, you know, a no-name running back that's going to be, you know, give you like a couple of starts over their career. Um, shout out Zach Charbonnet. Really don't like that guy. Never did. Um, and go get, you know, a, to a tug of Iloa. Add, you know, add a first-round pick and another small piece and you've gone and got a quarterback who has the capability to finish as a top-10 quarterback this year and then continue to do that moving forward with good weapons as well on his team for the long term. Anyone? No. Um, no, I like all the names that you've brought along to the table. I think they're all, you know. And just a quick one to close out. Would you, if you were in this position, give up the one and only Travis Kelsey for Kyle Pitts? I saw this question on my Twitter the other week, the other day maybe. I don't know. Would you do it straight up? Yeah, uh, that's just team dependent. I think you can. I'd rather get like a first round draft pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, what if Pitts sucks? I don't think he does. I know Joel thinks he does. I don't think he does. You think he does? I think he's way overhyped. Yeah. Like, good player, but the hype is bigger than Kyle Pitts. Yeah, it's just a bit like your fantasy team, Joel. It's all hype. Wait, wait till you actually have to start putting up points. You don't know how to do it. Your team doesn't know how to put up points. We haven't, but gee, we got the cattle to do it. I was actually like, okay, I'll, you know, I'm not necessarily a rebuilding team anymore, but like Burjo is a rebuilding team. It has Jameson Williams. I was going to message him today and ask him what he wanted. What do you think Burjo would want for Jameson Williams? I've, I've, I've asked. I've been there. He wants a first round pick. And he's dreaming. Does he know he's dreaming? Or yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. He's crazy. The for the listeners, like our league, we only have like eight friends, so it is an eight-person league. Um, which is good and it's bad at the same time. But you know, the picks are drastically different. Like your second-round picks are really good, and your first-round picks are guaranteed to be, you know, in the upper echelon of um upper echelon of those respective rounds. So, yeah. I was going to give yeah, it up. Like you like, can win the chip and still have the 108. Yeah. I was going to offer him my um my second and my 25 second, but it sounds like that won't even be – he'll laugh me out of the room. Yeah, might get it yeah. done. You never know. I, you you know, know. I didn't actually offer it. I thought about doing it, and I'm like, eh, I don't really need Jameson Williams. Yeah, you say that you like what he's doing, but – like he's got a lot of picks. I get he's got like six first round picks in the twenty twenty four draft that looks like it's going to be stacked, but it's like you've got to start thirteen players, and he's only got like six. Oh, he's got like you know it's like eight total first round picks over the next two years. So like he's got to hit on all eight of them, find another four starters, and then be and then try and compete like two years and wait for them to develop. So he's still like three years away. If he hits on every single pick and then he has to find another four good starters. He also hasn't accounted for the fact that two of his picks are more than likely going to be quarterbacks. And he already has a lot of quarterbacks on that roster. Like he did well getting off like a couple of the quarterbacks he had, but like he's got Anthony Richardson and he's got, um, I think he's got like Trey Lance and a few other like quarterback options. Mm-hmm. Has he got Brock Purdy? I'm pretty sure he's got Purdy as well. Um, and like he's obviously Caleb Williams is going to be one of his picks, and you would presume Drake May is going to be one of his picks or another quarterback who gets drafted, you know, very high up in the first round. Um, and he's not going to want to take these players, and he's going to be like maybe forced to have to. And then you know we're not going to give him as much equity for a position that he clearly doesn't need than you know what he you know, who he obviously should be taking but doesn't need kind of thing, if you know where I'm getting at. Yeah. I noticed yeah. that. I wouldn't have traded Josh Allen. Just want to point that out there. You suck, Virgo. None of you brought... Like, just Virgo. actually, like, I don't know, build your team to compete not 10 years later and then you could still have Josh Allen. Frank, Trey Lance didn't make your list today. Why? He's a good piece for a rebuilding team. <laughs> Literally, if he was any good, the time the the Niners would already be saying that he's going to be the quarterback. Instead, they're saying 
Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, who looked good. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect to Brock Purdy. Um, but they've pretty much said that he's going to be the starter. I see. Like, that's from all indications. Trey Lance people, like, exist on the internet. But, like, who it must are be a sad existence. Like, you've never met one in real life, have you? No, nah, but, like, <laughs> they're there. Is it just because they're louder than everyone else? Is that why they're, like, I don't know. Like, it's a bit like Calvin Ridley people. You know, Calvin Ridley people, like, Andrew paid, like, 14 first-round picks for Calvin Ridley during our first season. Before then he got he... sad and then he yeah. started gambling. Like me, I get sad and start gambling. It's great. It's a vicious cycle. It is a vicious sad cycle. Again. <laughs> yeah, and then you get sad again because you're gambling. But Calvin Ridley was actually... See, nowhere in that story does he get good. <laughs> Calvin Ridley. He already yeah. was good before he got sad. But that's what I'm saying. But when once you get sad and start gambling, Joel, there's no there's no happiness at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, well, that's true. But I, I, you know, I read that long, long-winded essay about his life, and you know, I think he's going to get back on track, Frank. That was deep from the heart. This is a pro Calvin <laughs> podcast. Okay. okay, Calvin, if you're listening, put your account on the dog Don't do it, Friday night. Oh yeah, money, money, money. All right. Oh, that's right. I hate you this week. Yeah, it's going to be fun, isn't it? Um, basically, oh, the loser of that awful. is pretty much. Oh, uh, maybe um, not. The winner of that's locked into finals. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, we get it's because we we get north, we get Sydney North West Coast. So like, we just got to find one more win. We'll beat the Giants. I think. It'd be good to get the dogs this week, wouldn't it? That'd cement not, our spot. Not really. It wouldn't be good. Anyway, listeners, thank you for listening to our. Second episode of the Dynasty Buys. Um, we'll call it a series. Um, it was a great one. Thanks for listening. Um, follow us on the Twitter at the FE Addicts and Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Uh, we'll be posting these buys there and the podcast episode. Um, next week we'll be coming with our cells, I think, Frank, that we had. And then um, from there we'll be moving on to more. DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> more Dynasty <laughs> there um yeah thank you all for listening go buy those players win those championships conquer the day and um yeah joel frank say something to the listeners positive please yeah go conquer your day that's great andrew we're we gonna go out with that all the time or do you want to is that a new thing it could be uh, conquer, conquer your day. day that's good that's so positive remember it's tuesday tomorrow Monday with the addicts. There it is.